They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Next Gen on Mission podcast. Thank you for taking your time to join us. And I am so incredibly excited about our guest today and the topic that we will be talking about. We're going to talk about the next generation and the importance of believers' baptism. And our guest today is a dear, dear brother to me. Uh, he's the president and CEO of Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee, longtime pastor, author, speaker leads the National Day of Prayer across the nation, husband, father, grandfather, uh, and I deeply, deeply respect this man of God. He's one of my favorites. I I feel like he and uh, Johnny Hunt are similar in a way. They both have this gift of inspiration to where, uh, I tell you what, they can talk about bottled water, and I want to run through a wall to get a bottled water. And so today is Dr. Ronnie Floyd. Dr. Ronnie Floyd, welcome to the Next Gen Mission podcast, my friend. Oh, thank you, Shane. We're excited about what the Lord's doing with you and through you and everything that's happening to further the gospel across North America and the world. Oh, all glory to God, brother. Well, hey, Dr. Floyd, before we get too spiritual, what's one fun fact that we should know about you that we may not already know? Oh, wow. Fun fact. I would say that um, I am a football fanatic. (laughs) I wanted to be a football coach. Um, and the Lord ended up calling me to uh, follow him in ministry. And, uh, but I still love the game, and I still uh, enjoy it at every level. I love and, it. And uh, grateful for every moment I get to do that. I love it. So who's your college team? My college team, wow, that goes all over the SEC, you yeah. name it. Uh, grew up with a big uh Commitment to the University of Texas because I was a Texan mm-hmm. that lived 90 miles from uh, Austin. Um, but, you know, when I moved to Arkansas, I became a Razorback fan because, you know, sure. I, I learned a lot, obviously. And uh, But now that I live in the state of Tennessee, uh, you know, I'm between a volunteer and the Crimson Tide and an Auburn Tiger and, <laughs> you know, and the Razorbacks and you name it. I love them. I really love great football and uh, so thankful that the Lord lets me have fun in that periodically. I love it. Me too, Dr. Foley. Well, in all those years that you were in Arkansas, did you learn how to call the hogs? Oh, absolutely, bro. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you learned that day one. You really learned it before you came. So for 32 years and seven months, I called the hogs quite effectively and taught all my grandchildren how to call the hogs and went to uh, probably about 97 to 98% of the home ball games. We had tickets. And so from the very moment I crossed the river, man, I went to the other side from orange to uh to follow in the Razorbacks and, uh, you know, grateful for that experience and grateful that the Lord has permitted me to come and to be a part of the state of Tennessee and be a part of all that God is doing through Southern Baptist. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Dr. Floyd, I always love to to ask this question to all of our guests at the beginning of the podcast. Um, you know, the, the big premise of this podcast, Vision Wise, is to see the next generation become the church of today. So what do we need to know about the next generation? Young adults, college students, high school, junior high students, what do we need to know about the next generation? 
Well, I believe when you really get down to it, uh, Shane, um, the greatest the greatest thing people need to know uh, is that they're not the same as us. Mm. They think differently. They live differently. Um, certain things um, are, you know, cool with them that, you know, an older generation may not get um, and vice versa. You know, I mean, there's just a need for understanding. Uh, when I think about the next generation, I mean, you mentioned, for example, college students. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just take that, for example. We have 21 million college students in the United States. Wow. And of that 21 million, one million of those uh, are international students. Mm-hmm. One of the most lost, unchurched areas in North America is reaching college students. Yep. We must be effective in evangelizing college students and evangelizing teenagers. It's just critical because they're reachable, they're searching, and we have the answer in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, Dr. Floyd, in light of that, talk about your vision 2025 and specifically point number four, because it makes me so excited that you're in uh, leading uh, the Southern Baptist Convention and then your passion for the next generation. So would you talk about your vision 2025 and specifically point number four? Sure. I'd be glad to, Shane. Um, Right after I came here following the 2018 Southern Baptist Convention, um, I've been here 14 months now, but right after I came here, uh, and we'd gone through the first convention, uh, cause I'd only been here like a month and I was doing the SBC and I immediately began to work on what we categorize today as vision 2025, which is a call to reach every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state and every nation. And so through a lot of work, a lot of meetings with our friends at the IMB, Paul Chitwood, with Kevin Ezell and all the North American Mission Board, along with others in our convention uh, relating to a lot of different things, as well as what we do here with the cooperative program, we really uh, created a vision that included five strategic actions so that we would be able to be more effective in reaching every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. Number four of those strategic actions has just received a lot of attention, Mm -hmm. and it should, uh, because I became convinced that when you look at statistics, um, it is quite clear um, that teenagers— are experiencing a decline in the number of baptisms from the year 2000 until the year 2018 at a rate of 38% over those years. Hmm. A decline, Shane. Yep. Not an increase. We didn't plateau. We declined by a total of over 35,000 people. That means that we baptize somewhere in all that 35,000 less people um, in 2018 that are teenagers that are 12 to 17 years old uh, than we did in the year 2000. 
that alerted me in a lot of ways because you know what? If we don't turn that around, we'll never turn around baptisms in the entire Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, that's right. And it's important that that receives the focus because uh, no one, no one in a church brings more excitement than when those waters of baptism are 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 absolutely stirred with the lives of teenagers coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord. I mean, you know, you, when you look at that, um, so many people do not know this because it's a, it's a part of our history, and obviously you've got to be really aware of this history. Mm-hmm. But Southern Baptist churches baptized 137,667 people in 1972 who were 12 to 17 years of age. Mm-hmm. You take that 137,000, which is the largest group of teenagers we've ever reached and baptized in one year. In 2018, that number turned into 57,500. Wow. I realize that's a long way, and it was a generation past. But in 1972, I happened to be one of those teenagers who was baptized wow. in a Southern Baptist church. So, and wow. there are many of them were, and it was on the back. It was really on the beginning of the backside of what we call the Jesus movement. Yeah, thing. that's right. Yep. Uh-huh. And, you know, it, it reminds us of the great need that when the move of God comes on people, the result is always going to be evangelism mm-hmm. and following Jesus and his command to be baptized and become a disciple of all the nations. Amen. Yeah, Dr. Foley, and you know, I can't help but think back just, uh, you know, just in, in, in history of, you know, in the late 60s, there were so many things like we see today, right? Riots and oh, looting and protesting. And I remember, you know, even seeing a uh, just kind of from history, a Time Magazine cover that says, is God dead uh, because of all the, yeah. the things going on? And then on the backside of that was the Jesus movement, the Jesus revolution. And then almost two years later on the cover of Time Magazine, uh, it's talked about the Jesus movement. And so I'm praying, Lord, yeah. do it again. And even more so, do it again. Let a revival spark up with Generation Z. Yeah, yeah absolutely, Shane. And you know, the bottom line is, is that men like you and, and others who really do focus in on the next generation, and again, you take the discussion we're having now about about teenagers, you know, as, as, we, as we reach them, we got to we have to strengthen and increase our commitment to reaching them, yep. seeing them baptized, and and obviously being discipled. Because God may want to call many of them into the gospel Amen. ministry. Yep. When Amen. you go back to that, when you go back to that 1972 number, I mean, there was a volume. I mean, I mean, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of men and women who surrendered to go into local church ministry or to missions around the world because of that activity of God that was happening in America at that time. So while we must diligently do the basics, be committed to the fundamentals, simultaneously, we need to pray that God intervenes Mm -hmm. and a movement hits this nation, a spiritual movement hits this nation, that literally 
ignites what we do yes. by 100% times what we are able to do. Amen. And that's when we see um, the kind of miracles that we need to see in reaching students, uh, whether they're college students or whether they're teenagers. Yeah, I agree. Dr. Floyd, and, and you mentioned this, uh, you know, the decline has been uh, now almost two decades in a row, almost 20 yeah. years from 2000 to 2020. Right. What do you believe has been the major cause of that decline in baptism so much the next generation? Well, that's a, that's a wonderful question. I think, first of all, um, I think Southern Baptists became critical of evangelism, which mm-hmm. didn't help us any. Yep. You know, years ago, and it's no different now, but years ago, if you baptized a lot of teenagers or a lot of college students or children, you know, people would look at that and say, well, how does he do that? Or how can that occur? And then what they do, they go into the evaluation game, and they go into the cynicism game. And all of a sudden, they convince everybody around them, you know, that we're not committed to the other matters, like like discipleship and all, which, Lord help us. I mean, that's not true. Uh, it might be true in certain situations, but, I mean, that's not true as a general rule. Um because any any student pastor, for example, or collegiate pastor or children's pastor that ever reaches a child or a student, they're going to do everything they can to mentor that child to becoming a follower of Jesus Christ and embracing the truth of God, beginning with baptism. You know, we act, we also, I think, began to make baptism hard. Yep. You know, you had to earn baptism. <laughs> you know, yes. that's just... You know, you yep. don't earn salvation and you don't earn baptism. Yep. Bottom line is, that'd be like me saying, well, once I got married, I can't wear my wedding band until I work on my marriage and she's satisfied. Oh, that's such a great point. Have, I, I love that. I still wouldn't have my wedding band on. <laughs> I've been married almost 44 years. Amen. Amen. And so the, the point is, is that guess what? I mean, we don't need to make it hard. The bottom line is we know in Scripture that that many times baptism was simultaneous with their profession that's, of faith. Yeah, that's it right. It was their confession of faith, and we don't need to be silent about that. We need to encourage that. Mm-hmm. We need to do everything we can to encourage that and celebrate that. We don't need to. We don't need to condemn it. And then another thing that contributes to that is, you know, we have pastors and and uh, student pastors and college pastors that are real hesitant about giving uh, clear, specific, public calls to follow Jesus. Yeah, that's right. You know, a public call to follow Jesus uh, doesn't, someone doesn't have to walk the aisle. You could do a card. Mm-hmm. You could do, you could do all kinds of things. I'll meet you here in the front. Come and see me, and I'll talk to you about how to follow Jesus. I mean, there's a myriad of ways, but I want to tell you something. We have so dialed down being intentional, we are becoming boring and completely ineffective in reaching other people. Yep. Listen, the necessity is on me to preach the gospel. Yep. I must have a burden when I get up to preach the gospel, a burden that is so great that before I go away from that pulpit, somehow, some way, I move that message to the heartbeat of the cross 
the heartbeat of the power of salvation and how someone can walk in that room on their way to hell and they can leave on their way to heaven. Amen. And walk in there full of sin, full of doom and no hope, and they walk out with forgiveness and hope like never before. That is the need of the moment. Amen. We've got to dial up the urgency from the from the pastor to the student pastor, to the college pastor, to the children's pastor. Either we believe there is a heaven and a hell, or we don't. That's right. Either we believe Jesus is the answer, or we don't. We either believe baptism is important, or we don't. No, we believe that. It's part of who we are as Baptists. It's part of who we are as Christians, whether you're Baptist or not. I mean, my soul... Follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. He set the model, and the early church set the model. And listen, we just need to get to it. We just need to get to it with all of our heart. Uh, I love it. Dr. Floyd, you're about to give me a Holy Spirit fit over here. <laughs> there is so much here. I'm just writing down. <laughs> I love that illustration about the wedding ring that that I had, you know, if that same logic, I would have to earn to wear my wedding ring. You know, that is so, I'm going to steal that. You know, I'm going to quote you about the first five times and then (laughs) I'm going to steal that one. (laughs) I love you. You go ahead. And then, uh, you You know, also, uh, you know, Dr. Flew and, and, you know, in in no way do I want to be snarky. I always want to be a help and encouragement to the church and leaders. And, um, but, you know, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, especially with next gen leaders too, and and please hear my heart and those that are listening. I, you know, I don't want you to get upset, but there seems to be a lot of criticizing of event evangelism. You know, and of like camps and right. rallies and conferences and crusades. But then when you ask that same leader who's criticizing those things, uh, I'd say, well, how did you come to know the Lord? And they'll go, well, I was 16 at youth camp, or you know, I was 20 yeah, and right. went to a crusade. Like the very things that the Lord used. To to bring them into the kingdom, turn around and criticizing. And so I encourage people like, listen, event evangelism still works. Evangelism still works. The gospel still works. Invitations still work. Um, and so it's, it's interesting. The very things sometimes the Lord uses to bring us into the kingdom, we'll turn around and criticize them, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we need to be unashamed. Yeah. I mean, what are we apologizing for? Mm-hmm. I mean, why, why do we want to be so tentative? Yeah. Do we think we're going to turn those teenagers off? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. Yep, that's right. Either Jesus is the answer to their problems, or he's not. Yeah, that's Either right. Either the Bible is the Word of God, or it's not. That's right. And I believe firmly that the Lord has put them in front of you to preach the gospel or to share the gospel, and sooner or later, you need to find a way uh, to get there. And 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 really, you don't know if they're ever going to come back. What are you going to do? Just hope they come? Hope they get saved? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, you know. Right. I mean, you know, you can hope them all the way to hell. Mm, and I yeah. mean, we need to do everything we can to uh, to be intentional. And I mean, you know, we, we got to regain that, Shane. I have a yep. deep burden for that because it's all about intentionality, Yep. you know. And, and what happens is pastors and student pastors and students pastors and collegiate pastors, what they do, they spend a lot of their time getting ready to speak to teenagers or speak to college students or or preach to the entire church. But how much time do you take? How am I going to extend the call to Jesus Mm -hmm. today? How am I going to make this clear and biblical and theological 
and 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 really inviting people to Jesus. I mean, you know what? I'm glad Jesus he did that everywhere. Yep. I mean, I mean, yep. the, the church did it everywhere. Yep. You know, they didn't walk in, walk out, and say, "Well, well, okay, we may or may not see you in heaven." I mean, they were quite clear. Yep. That's and right. uh, and the people of God responded. And the church today needs to respond. And the leaders that, that are over these next-gen ministries, listen, we got to turn this around, folks. Mm-hmm. This, this, the future of Christianity is in your hands to a degree. Yep, that's right. With what you do in reaching next-gen students and children. It's just critical. And And, you know, the balance of it is not ultimately and sovereignly in your hands. That's in God. Sure. But you do affect the end result yep. by what you do. And you know what? You only got one shot with your life. You better make it count. Yeah. And you don't know you don't know how long the Lord will let you do what you do. And uh I tell you what, take advantage of the moment. Take advantage. I've never, I've never won anyone to Christ. I've never invited people to Jesus at the end of an invitation or at the in an invitation, any environment. I've never done that, and they've received Christ, and they ever wanted me to apologize. Mm. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They don't want that. Yes. I mean, they're thankful. Oh man. I mean, they're thankful. I love your heart. See, I told you, friends, that. I re- that Dr. Yeah. Floyd really has the gift of inspiration. Yeah, like I'm ready to go tell people about Jesus right now. I love it. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what, Shane? Back in when I first started in full time ministry, and I was a full time pastor, I was in a church on the in, on the Gulf Coast of Texas. Mm-hmm. This yep. week, one of the ladies that reached out to me from that church uh, said, "Listen, you need to pray for uh, this man. He has." Uh, COVID-19, he's really serious, in intensive care. Sure. Well, as soon as I saw the name, I mean, you know who's who's contacting us through this person? I'll tell you who. It's this, and that is, that man, I won to Christ. Mm-hmm. That man was going, it was on the way to losing his marriage and his, and his wife, and he wow. got their lives straight. But I baptized that man. Yes. And so immediately we stopped and prayed for him. Yeah. And so the point is, it all comes back to you. Yeah. People remember you when you care about them. When you win them to Jesus, they remember you. Yeah. It changes their life. Yeah, man. And I'll never forget that in my own life. Yeah, Dr. Foy. And and urgency is the key. Now is the time. Um, just yesterday, Absolutely. at the time of this recording, um, yesterday, I got a, a text message from a student pastor who was at a youth camp that I preached in person uh, just a month ago. And he texted me, uh, a girl in his student ministry, 16, uh, passed away this weekend. Her heart literally just stopped. She was in perfect health. The doctors don't even know why her heart literally stopped, but she got saved at camp, knew Jesus. Now she's with Jesus. And so it just goes to show, even with the next generation, if you're listening and you're a teenager or young adult or college student, you're never promised to grow old. Uh, We're not even promised the next breath. Now is truly the time. And here's this 16-year-old that came to know Jesus a month ago, and her heart just stopped 
this weekend as the Lord called her home. And so now is the yeah. time. Dr. Floyd, with that in line, we always love to close the podcast with this same omission charge. The heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize they are the now generation, not just the future of the church, but the church right now. They have a calling now. They have the Great Commission on their life now. They're called to tell people about Jesus now. Would you give us one closing thought on this? Well, my closing thought is is that one of the greatest verses you can follow in your life is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible teaches us that when the Holy Spirit comes and he enters your life as salvation, it is then that you're empowered to witness. It's then that that that, that, that story can begin to be told by you. Yeah. And part of that verse is quite amazing because it even tells us where to tell the story. And that is where we live and with who we know across our country and yep. world, yep, and ultimately to the ends of the earth. Amen. And that's what Jesus told us to do. Yep. And you're not eliminated that because, you know, you're, quote, just the next-gen pastor. <laughs> I mean, come on, get yep. off of that. Yep. Or, or, you know, I'm a next-gen student. What can I do? I can tell you right now, you can change the world. Amen. And your decisions every day will determine that. And we need to understand there's a world that needs Christ, uh, Shane, and yep. there is only one hope for that. Yep. And that is Jesus Christ coming into people's lives and changing them. Yeah, and man. that's what we need is that kind of revolution and that kind of passion to see that done across the nations. Amen. Gosh, Dr. Floyd, I love you, man. The Lord uses you in my life personally, in the kingdom, and and I'm so glad uh, that you're leading the Southern Baptist Convention and the passion you have for the Lord and His church and to mobilize people. Thank you so much for your time. How can people follow you, connect with you? Give us your social media handles. Well, basically my handle is on Twitter, and that is at Ronnie Floyd, at Ronnie Floyd, Instagram the same. Uh, but that's where they can follow me and hope they will, because along the way, I'll be telling the story of, mm-hmm. of various things happening here in America and across the world that God is doing. And that's really my heart is to uh, take you, for uh, for example, Shane, and the way the Lord's using you and other men like Kevin and Johnny, just yep. specifically those men since you mentioned them a moment ago, you know, anything I can do to lift them up. Anything I can do to to place you and help place you be where God can use you greater, that's one of the things that gives me a real uh, blessing in my life today. And so, friend, I support you. I love you. I believe in the North American Mission Board. I believe that we are heading in the right direction, and I'll do anything I can to serve, to encourage, and to uh, and to help in any way possible. Oh, thank you so much, my friend. You mean the world to me and so thankful for you. And friends, thank you for listening to another episode of the Next General Mission Podcast. And you know, one of the things that you just heard in Dr. Floyd's heart is just a sense of urgency and passion. And uh, you've heard me quote this many times, but according to statistics, 77% of people who surrender to Jesus as Lord and Savior do it before the age of 18. I mean, just wrap your mind around that, listeners. 77%. That's 8 out of 10. And so truly now is the time 
to reach a generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for listening to the Next Gen Mission podcast. If you have any questions on reaching the next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net. We'll try to address those on a future podcast. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe, follow, uh, give us a rating and a five-star review, share it with others. And we pray that you have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.